dope, 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 dope. Yeah, no. We, uh, me and my wife had a one-year anniversary recently, so we went to Venice, and then, um, yeah, I'm a sucker for just all, like, gimmicky, like, shit. So this actually works. Uh, yeah. Is it on the... Yeah, the carbs on the handle. Oh, carb. Yeah, and I, I'm not a big coffee guy. My wife loves coffee, um, so, like, she found this for me, and I was like, oh, okay, and I think it'd be fun to try it. Oh, um, you haven't hit it yet? No, I have not oh, even shit. hit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. Oh, yeah, go ahead. First hit. I'm on that, uh, that Neurogum. What's, uh, what's Neurogum? Wait, what? I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's actually uh, this chick I met has uh, heard it on Joe Rogan. I've heard him talk about it before, too, but it's like a Bill Romanowski dude who played. You know Bill Romanowski. He yeah. played for the Raiders. Um, his, his company basically creates a gum that has some, what are they? Uh, I forget what the compounds are called, but essentially for helping reconnect brain elasticity and People that have had chronic head injuries. Oh, that is interesting. It's good gum, though. Yeah, that's it's fucking wild. So, what is it? What is it about the gum that makes it um makes it so it helps with people with CTE? And stuff? I don't know. It has caffeine, and then it has a couple vitamins, and I forget. You know, I have the fucking pack on me. What are those damn things called? L-theanine and B vitamins, but I forget amino acids. They have like oh, amino okay. acids, which are it's probably really good with brain functionality and helping people remember things. And I had a lot of chronic head injuries playing football, so it, yeah. Uh, so uh, let me go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> um, uh, we met at the store, uh, and we know each other through Ryan and Focus Concentrates and Eddie up in the Bay. And we kind of hit it off. And you also work in the weed industry. You have a very interesting job. Uh, and you see a lot of crazy shit. So you mostly link people up with the right people, especially like uh, people getting into the weed industry. So it's like comedians, influencers, and stuff like that. Because I think the thing that we talked about is there's a lot of people that are like starting to get into the industry and they just don't have the right people, like the right growers or the right people to facilitate them making a good product. And then you see a lot of people like fall and shit goes bad like we've talked about it. i don't yeah. know if you want to talk about yeah it. yeah no there's certain so. brands that you see are like you know they're hot for a year and then it's like oh that was they just fucked up the whole time yeah and sometimes it's just like the press right yeah so i guess yeah. what I, you want me to give me my name and yeah, absolutely. Go, yeah so this is ryan rapaport i'm one of the co-founders of digital venture partners and i'm an avid cannabis connoisseur and enjoyer and that's how i kind of got into the business but i uh Essentially, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Started working with a music artist, Sonny Digital, helped him create his own brand, Rolling Grams. And then, uh, you know, it's we were we started hosting these live events around Sonny's brand. And once he got off probation, getting everything moving with him on that brand. So turned into parties. Of course, we were coming out here into March to have a party. We know how that all went down. <laughs> yeah. And so I got stuck here. But, you know, that's the it's been a great place to be for the last few months. And yeah. Unfortunately, no comedy store and yeah. no live events or anything like that. But. And that is, you know, that is like the the comedy store was like definitely the cool place. That's where like, especially once I got past becoming a paid regular and then it's like, all right, now you have a place where you could take people and like show them, um, you know, oh yeah, sorry, uh, show them, you know, what's up and really um, like have a place to like have a meeting. Like that was the thing about like when they told me they're like now you can have a place to show people and like if you have to have like you know whatever the fuck and that's what it was like every time we go back we hang out 
We talk weed stuff, but then we like smoke. Like that yeah. back area is the dopest. Community. Yeah. When was the first time? Yeah. Tell me about. I'm always interested in the like people's first experiences coming to the store. Oh man, yeah. So I remember we connected because you actually had one of Sonny's the first release that Sonny did. Yeah. And that was uh, one of my favorite ones. But it was the big boys, and I yeah. saw that on your social, right? And that's how we connected. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Your boys with Ryan and what you guys obviously were liking what Eddie was doing and. And then, uh, yeah, what I don't even remember when that was. Was that like, because that, that had to have been like October, November ish, I think. Yeah. I think it was like mid October when the first time I came there was. And that was, you know what, of all the nights that I'd gone there subsequently, that was the one where there were like, you know, the biggest people in the world just hanging out in the back there, you know, mm-hmm. and like, it's hard not to like, walk through there and see all those people and be like, wow, this is like holy unbelievable. Shit. Yeah. Holy yeah, yeah. shit. Right. But, uh, when we went to the back and it's just like, Oh, everyone's chill, relaxed, yeah, yeah. you know, no one's like, it, it felt different, but it's funny. Cause it's kind of hard to tell. Cause everyone's so relaxed, like yeah, yeah. who's who. And like, yeah, and I, and I, I love that. Cause you yeah, know, it's yeah. like, I don't need to know who you are. Right. That's the big thing is like whenever, like, cause I'm always so stressed about bringing guests back there. Cause you never know how, how people are going to act. So it's like whenever I bring, it's always comforting whenever I bring someone and they're not like immediately like talking business or being weird and stuff like, uh, so to, ha- and, but you also see those people where it's like, there's friends of friends who go up there and you'll see them like freak out or they're like, you're just like, who like you never want If you're ever in a situation where like, especially that spot, it's like, you want to just be the fly on the wall. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I'm just, I'm so lucky to be here. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Cause I think we've both been there when, um, Oh yes. Yes. And now I remember we both have been there when we've been chilling and there's always like someone who shouldn't be there. And then like, <laughs> you're like, you, you are a guest of me. So you're like, I'm going to be nice to any for everybody. Yeah, Cause yeah. I don't know any better. So then it was just like, you started talking to like, not the wrong person, but a person who shouldn't be there. And it was just annoying as fuck. And then it's like, you never want to be the person where everyone like looks around and goes like, Oh, why is, no who brought yeah like, or, or like why is this person here like yeah. who brought yeah so it was just so funny because i remember like i had to leave and you were still in conversation with one of those people and then i ended up having to hit you up afterwards and be like yo don't fucking yeah that's, Save that's your time. Yeah, yeah don't yeah don't waste your time and you're like oh dude thank you so much because <laughs> you know that, that too right like absolutely yeah. but it's also like you know working at the store you see a lot of that on everything you see that in comedians that are like that but you also see like those kind of like fake people that are just like adjacent but also you see that in the weed scene all the time i'm sure we do you know what it's kind of how we got into it is when uh i I, there were a couple iterations of our business like you hit the nail on the head it was first it was like hey we we know all these cool brands out there that aren't really hitting a very specific niche and we just recognize comedy is a big niche too so we started having conversations with some comedians, some guys who run Bad Boy, uh, Bad Boys of Comedy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my boy Ronnie, and then Tyler, who's a on a Nick Chan- Nick Cannon show mm-hmm. as well, Wild and Out. Um, well, those guys were going on tour, and they're basically in all these hot spots where dispensaries are opening in Florida and mm-hmm. Georgia and. Uh, uh, all throughout the Southeast and the Northeast. And so we're like, well, you guys, like you guys have a very engaged active following. Like, let's get you guys involved. And next thing we know, we had people who wanted to work with in some of the b- biggest dispensaries in the world, but yeah, and no that, one wanted to fucking pay them. Let's just be, yeah, <laughs> that was the, the one that, thing, you know, that's like, the big thing is like, uh, you know, and I, like, I know I eventually like, if I ever got, when I get to the point where I'm successful, I know I definitely want to be the kind of guy that owns like something in like a dispensary and marijuana business and stuff. Well, you know, what's the crazy, 
craziest thing though about the all these larger companies and people who are kind of like on that original bandwagon is a lot of them are fucking hurting. That's the thing. A lot of them are. Yeah, with the way COVID hit and the way legislation is, like a lot of people are getting super fucked. Um, and it's also just I don't know if you saw that um Patriot Act episode with Hassan about it was basically just about Mad Men. And I mean, we've been talking shit about Mad Men. For, I mean, everybody's been talking shit about Mad Men for years. Yeah. And then for Forbes to finally put an article out and then Rolling Stone did and then make a hole. I mean, that's like the thing, you know, that's what everyone's talking about, what the big problem is with uh, cannabis culture and um, legal weed is that it's like a lot of the people that it got affected by the war on drugs uh, are left out of the conversation. Yeah. And it just, uh, I want to talk about that more, but do you ever see the South Park episode? No integrity? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I actually, when I was seeing them, like, did they, like, were they there when all these meetings were happening? I, I'm it, pretty sure that's how it happens. It's so crazy, too, because it's, it's like, um, when South Park is making fun of you as a company, like, that is the... That's the fucking pulse, you know? South Park has always really had their finger on the pulse. So when they're making fun of Med Men so publicly, it's like, damn, they figured it out. Like, they understand. Because it's, uh, yeah, like, Med Men's a real big problem. Like, they they were telling, uh, my, you know, one of my friends was telling me about how, you know, they, same, same thing. Like, you know, when you have that many stores and that much money, you can place all these big orders if you're a small company, you're like, I'm not going to turn down that. That's a fucking, that's going to make my whole fucking next two years. And then they just didn't pay anybody. And then that like fucked the market. Like oh, so man. many companies just no longer had the money that they were counting on. Yeah. Those, the smaller companies too, like you were talking about and all of them are these like social equity businesses as well. They had like a hundred grand out on the street for, and my friends were like, you're about to roll up on these dudes. <laughs> you know, but, like, and, then, and they were feeding them like, oh, someone else cashed the check. Uh, we can't find it. Uh, da, 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 da. And, we're sending it out. It's not there a month later. You know, it was very crazy shit. And that's the thing. And again, that's the thing of like when people talk about privilege and shit like that, it's like that's the thing. That's what happens when you're a big company. You have tons of money and you can fuck over these small companies like there's no repercussions because yeah. it's so unregulated still like that article about the guy from MedMen it's like that is literally the that is the whole owner and the CEO that is that story is l- like the fucking horror story that people that is literally what you didn't want to happen when we became legal they're like you don't want some kid that's got a bunch of money from his parents graduated high school or whatever the fuck college and is like you know what I'm gonna start a weed business and it's like fuck dude and there's it, it's well all those people are just are going out now they're, yeah I know some guys who just had 200 million dollars went through 150 million dollars in two years and then lost the other 50 million and dude it's just like not naming names but all those people that were working there got fucked so hard yeah they're just like bye yeah like no 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 rep no rep enhanced you know you don't maybe they were able to get unemployment i think they got like one month of ppp loans but they were owed three months just all crazy yeah. shit and that's part of the reason why we got in too is because when we were started talking with sunny our other partner we were just like oh like there's an actual business to be built here but if you go and see how all these other people have built the businesses they've all fucked up in one way or the other quality over expenditure you know making false promises fucking people over the same shit that you don't normally do when you're just buying weed from your like local dude yeah, right yeah, like yeah. and that's how I always tell people trying to get in the industry like just have you ever bought weed before on the street and they're like yeah and I'm like treat it like that yeah. you know and 
the people, the businesses that weren't, that were like flying through money, just like blowing it all, who were fucking everyone along the way. Yeah. As, it, as you come turned out like, oh, those people can't actually operate a business. And yeah. it's like yeah, the, the OGs and the people who can actually operate, who are able to stay in here and are going to flourish from this. I mean, it's it's on like cannabis is an essential fucking yeah. uh, uh, job now. Yeah. Right. Like it's it's not going anywhere. Yeah. So it's so funny to see. It's like you see I was just talking about this with um, JP where it's like I read this article about how Mercedes, the guys that did the branding for Mercedes Benz are starting their own weed branding company. And I remember looking at it and their whole thing is like luxury weed. And that's like, it's like, that's how you could tell it's a problem already. Cause it's like, I I looked at it and they should, they listed the brands that they were with. And I I turned to my friend. I was like, I'm going to tell you now I'm going to click on this website. It's going to be white people on a mountain. It's going to be white people on a mountain. And I, I swear to God. And we clicked on it and it was fucking <laughs> white people on a mountain and it was THC champagne. And I was just, oh I was God. like, I was like, and that's the thing is like, it's, it's, you, you can't there. And it's, it's like, when I say white people, I don't mean like white people. It's such, it's gotta be a more specific word. It's like, I'm talking about your middle America, middle class, your bougie moms, the, the kind of people that are willing to buy a product but turn a blind side on the fact that, oh, there's a bunch of people that are affected by this. Like, a lot of people are in jail. Like, you could easily just buy this product or you can, like, do the research and, like, you know, more I guess unmoral people. Yeah. So it's like you look at, like, people like that and it's like those brands won't flourish and those that branding company won't do well. It's like if they're smart, they'll hire people – that are the OGs that are people that are like, you know, deep in the scene that know what they're doing. Cause also those people aren't traditionally like the same people that you would meet in a BMW or Mercedes. You know what I mean? Like the guys that make enough money in the underground to go buy a Mercedes Benz are going to get scoffed at when they walk in the fucking dealership. You know? Well, you you hit, you you know, something you're talking about before too, is this idea of community that when we talk about culture, it doesn't really mean black, white, Hispanic. It's not, you know, it's not, Culture, when you talk about culture and as, as it pertains to cannabis, it's not like a color thing. It's like community and people that are down and people that can operate within the space. And you're like, I'm a white dude, but I work with a lot of people who are black. And it's my, for me, my whole purpose of this is just to come from like a true place, right? Yeah, yeah. have good intentions in anything yeah. that we do. And like I work, you know, we work with Black Enterprise Magazine, yeah, yeah. putting out that content and yeah. helping spread the word. And the about, equity program and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And like helping. It's, it's definitely the, um, you have the understanding of, and that's the thing I always try to uh, push. Is that you have the understanding of like, uh, it's like weed culture and all this that we're starting to do. It's like we're building a new, like this is a new thing. We're building an infrastructure uh, that is the marijuana business. That is us selling and all this jazz. It's like, but by us doing that, we also recognize that a lot of shit happened for us to get to this point. So it's like we could do good for everybody as long as we keep you know that in mind. Yeah. And there's definitely companies that are like, nah, we're just going to fucking, we're just here for the money. Yeah. And then those ones fail. Yeah, we've already seen it too. Me and my partner talk about it a lot because a lot of the successful businesses today are the people that have run it like they were, you know, an old school drug dealer on the street. You know, it's about you have working in a very cash heavy business. Yeah, you're working with something that's really tied to brand and being able to actually communicate with your user base and understanding the customer is like the most important part. And that's where a lot of these larger companies have failed. And I'll tell you, as someone who's gone to like 
these finance conferences with the largest companies in the world. I'm talking people were there with like $150 million, $130 million pitches that they were making to the, some of the biggest banks in the world being like, Hey, invest in this, invest yeah, yeah. in that. And I'm sitting there looking at them like, these people have goddamn lost their minds. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, no one's going to pay for this. And like, as someone who studies the industry and studies the plant and places all over the world, like Columbia, this one company was pitching, they wanted $150 million. And right now they had a hectare of land in Columbia. And their plan was to expand it like 30 fold within a year using the money. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I know what's going on down there. I'm like, there's like contaminants. There's people using pesticides, the field next door. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Like you're going to give these people $150 million to do this and like a grow in Portugal. I'm like, it's insanity because they want to be able to like we grew this weed in portugal and then that's the whole like angle and brand and like they have just no idea what's going on yeah. and yet you, you got people like cookies and lobo and like uh sf roots all these people that have, have really good product really good brand and then it's about caring about the flower that's the thing that i loved about ryan and focus so much and that's the thing i love about eddie is he's like he's he cares about it and he's about the cause but also he's about the plant and he's about making a great product because you see a lot of these companies they just throw money at expansion and making it so big and like i had heard uh i had heard about this company that like my friends went and they tour and there was this company they have pretty much a warehouse just like downtown like three floors uh growing and it's like just mass produced growing not mm. like how cookies does it or like these other words small craft batches where the rooms aren't super big they're really like easy so you can tend to and make sure every plant gets the care um but this was like floors just open space uh, just fucking mass producing weed so they can grind it and put it in a joint yeah and the the thing is is that some states haven't been able to match the quality yet yeah. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's you have like actually like literally 100 percent, almost 100 percent automated buildings producing mm -hmm. cannabis in some states and like going down to Arizona and seeing what just happened. And there was some good flour. Actually, uh, Eddie had this flour from um, Diamond. I forget Diamond or Columbia Care Company, mm -hmm. which and the flour was really damn good. It looked like California just kind of crossed the border, which was a surprise. But wow, there's good things happening in other states. But. Man, you got to say California's doing it the best. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what I've been... Someone was saying Vegas is getting pretty close. When I was there in December, mm -hmm. I was not impressed. Oh, okay. I got, a, I got some crappy flour, uh -huh. but I got them from, like, one of the bigger shops, and it was a brand that I knew very well, and, like, some of it had seeds in oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's the other crazy thing is it is market by market, you know? Certain places... Like, I've also... I've had... Uh, you know, I've had some really big brands that I love. Like I'll have a batch of something and I'll be like, whoa, this isn't that good. That's crazy. And then the next batch will be great. I've also had stuff from like lower brands where I think we were, I don't know if it was us that we're talking about old pal. Yeah. was surprising me. Cause I remember I bought old pal the first time and I was like, ugh, this is clearly budget weed. And then, uh, they got some, uh, I had some of their newer stuff and it's like, that's the thing is like, if you are a company that's trying to work within a price point, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Especially if you start to figure out how to like make a product that's super, super dope in this price point mm -hmm. where I'm like, oh, okay. Like the this uh, company, uh, LBOC, Long Beach Oil mm -hmm. Company, mm -hmm. um, uh, it's like 20 bucks for a gram. And I remember I picked it up and I was like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing. I ended up going out and picking up four or five grams and it's just so good. It's such a good price point that it was like, yeah, I'm, 
I usually I'll drop 40, 50, 60 bucks on some concentrates, but this was like, Oh, okay, this is easy. It's affordable. I can have this all the time and it'd be like not hurting the bank. Yeah. And that's like the smaller people and the smaller groups doing it are usually the best. Yeah. There's nothing that's like being done on like a very large scale. That's usually being done very well. Yeah. And so like, that's coming back to like when communities invest back into the, the cannabis businesses and do like social equity programs and like micro business programs. I have a, buddy out in Massachusetts who just got his provisional license for uh, uh, grow distribution mm-hmm. uh, production and it's all because he's just a small business operator yeah and he gets that and then but all those things have gotten held up like a motherfucker same thing with the social equity licenses yep they've just like there's been like meeting after meeting one just opened um, in Massachusetts the doors just opened they're doing really well I saw actually another one just opened in San Francisco um, Posh retails, yep. woman owned social equity licensee. So they're opening, but it's taken people years to get to that point. Yeah. And like money out the door. <clears throat> My buddy who's just got the provisional, he's three and a half years, him and his brother have been doing it. Granted, people pay hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of dollars to win a license. Yeah, that's the that's the crazy thing too, is you can just flat out do the right thing, which is like applying and taking the steps, which takes three years, or you could be a huge company, pay millions of dollars to that license immediately. And supposedly those programs are make it so the social equity licenses are supposed to be competitive and prioritized. And a lot of times they are, but they took, they came in on the second round of medical who got the, who got the priority to get retail. And then they had to wait another year. And this, my buddy, all he does is write writes professional like contracts and uh, and business plans. He's an engineer. Yeah, yeah. And like he said, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. That's insane. that's like all he does is write for permits and like it's like it's wild. Yeah. So it's uh that's like the tough thing. But those are the people who are doing it best. I can't wait to get his weed legally on the market. I mean, we we came up together and like yeah. as someone who I known and respected him as a cannabis connoisseur since actually funny enough, born in the same hospital. Uh, uh, two hours apart from each other and just oh, ended man, up going to high school a, together. You that's know, a like, crazy, that's a different kind of friendship. Yeah. And like, but like he's, what he's done, be able to transition into now getting a legal license has taken a long ass time. And you got investors are waiting for you. You know, uh, you got sometimes space locked down. You have all this shit that's getting tied up with regulation. So I ha- that's why you got a lot of people moving to like Oklahoma, uh, Arizona, and all these other states that are opening up and making it just easy to operate a business. Because if you can operate, you're going there for a lot less overhead and can actually mm. make shit happen. Yeah. So, like, um, the newer places that are starting to do, I can get some more. The newer places that are starting to do, um, no, that's the newer places that are starting to do, uh, like, opening up to legal retail stuff, um, is do you think it's going to be easier? Like, the states where weed's completely not legal, when they finally legalize it, do you think it'll be easier to open up places there because everyone's paying attention to everywhere else and how they're doing it? Like, do you think it'll be a little more streamlined or do you think they'll start to have the same hiccups as everyone else's? You know, as they, each one happens, they're, they've all been so different. Like, for example, talking about Oklahoma, they just like basically like no holds bar. Like, you want a retail license? All you need is $7,500. And, like, <laughs> everyone, let's go and do this. And, like, people were flocking there. And then everyone and their brother who could come up with the, it wasn't getting an application, put in a license. Now, how many of those turned into businesses? Not that many. Of course. How many of the ones that actually turned into business turned into good business? Far fewer. 
but I know some like really solid people, people that have came up on the gray black market, gray market in California transition to like multi-million dollar multi-state operations here in California and other states. And they're looking at Oklahoma going like this. They're like, oh, I can do this. Like I can make well, it yeah, happen. I mean, <laughs> and that's also the crazy thing, too, is that it's it's like <clears throat> people call it the black market. And it's I feel like it's such a negative term when it's like, listen, any weed you've ever bought that's not been in a dispensary is illegal and is the black market. The traditional market. The yeah. tra- it's it's yeah, the it's traditional like, market yeah. more than yeah. anything. Yeah. And that's what makes me laugh so much is like when, uh, you know, it's like I look at like certain people's parents or like my friends from like a small town and they're like, you know, I bought weed and stuff. You know, I'm buying it legal. I'm like, motherfucker. You don't even know. Like it's yeah, and it's also like people talk bad about the black market. And I get why it is dangerous because there are certain people that are making completely unregulated it's you know, bad weed or just like I mean, we've heard horror stories, we've seen it. I mean, you see fucking Skittles or whatever the fuck it's called, fruity pebbles that's going fucking wild. Everything in Atlanta is runs, white runs, purple runs, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's there's and I think in New York I saw a video on like the blacklist. There's people like they literally like uh, here. I'll show it to you right here. It's like food dye and shit on some of these things, and you're like, oh, what the fuck? God. And it's just all bad. Um, no, man, it's crazy because and I had the same thing. I had a buddy in Florida. He's like, I got these runts, and I'm like, and he's like a well-to-do guy, and I'm just like, where did you get that? And I'm like, can I send you a photo of what runts look like? Yeah, that's and that's not what yeah, you buy. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I'm yep. like, I think I, that's the stuff I used to buy and call beasters. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's I'm a like, lot of. Like, I know you don't know what those are, but <laughs> yeah, it's like it's crazy to see how like not yeah how like just the tricks people are willing to pull and how easy it is to fall for it. Um, but there are just the, the, the black market. There's people that are in that underground scene, the traditional market that are making moves. They just can't afford to get to that place and then they make it big and then finally be able to make the jump or like there's a bigger company that brings them on like a band, like a smaller brand, like a cookies and runs or cookies. Yeah. And you know, cause I mean, runs was very much, um, you know, an, a traditional market brand. Like yeah. they were all underground. It was super hype. And then they jump to the legal market, and then now it's like they're still killing it. Well, it's because they do they you know they're they're they are culture right. Like they were next thing you know, people are rapping. That's how it happened with cookies. Well, that's not how it happened with cookies, but that's how everyone knows what cookies is today. Is because what burned it early on. And oh my god, yeah, I saw that the blue crumble. Why? Why? I know. Ugh. And then someone was this way. It looks like meh. What is that? It's supposed to be concentrates. I'm so confused. That looks like toothpaste. Yeah, yeah, and oh, that's oh my god! The, yeah. I hope no one's smoking that. Yeah, and that's the that's and that is the dangers of the traditional market. Is there are people who are just gonna like who are just they just want to make money, but then there are people who are like you know I need to fucking make a living, and they grow good, they have good weed, and they sell it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, California is like the biggest one because, and it comes down to the taxes because mm-hmm. all the taxes are just so screwed up here. Dude, the taxes are so fucking insane insane in colorado they're not that bad um and they're better for both if you're a medical patient as well mm-hmm. but you go to other states even massachusetts like 23 to 27 percent you know it's it, and it breaks down like here in california what stacks per like the town the county oh and the, the state. county too i i didn't realize um someone was saying how buying weed in maywood is more expensive than buying weed in like hollywood because of just just the county and the way the taxes is I was like, that's fucking insane. Yeah, it's messed up. And uh, it's funny because I just had someone make the argument to me that federal legalization 
like across the board is not what everyone wants. They want it to be federally legal, but they want it to be state run. You definitely don't want the United States government running oh, cannabis oh, in any way whatsoever. You know, like, yeah, absolutely. But we'll see how that all plays out. Yeah, because then it's like, because then you're getting like Kirkland fucking weed and you're like, yes, I do not want. I know. Uh, that yeah. is not. Yeah. And it's not going to work like that, too. No. It's like people are just going to continue to rely on the traditional market. And, like, and that's the thing, the traditional market. People were like, oh, this is going to end the traditional market. It's like, nope. This is gonna make that shit super strong, dude. In Canada, like no one's buying the weed that is in the store. That's what someone was telling me, and it yeah, blew my it's mind. Trash. Yeah, um, it's I was, trash. I was, I uh, was, I, me and uh, a comic. That's how funny it is. Like a lot of comics that smoke weed aren't into the into this as much as I am, and I feel like such a fucking nerd. But, <laughs> weed uh, nerds are good, dude. Yeah, uh, People, I'm glad they know you. Right? BC <laughs> Bud was a huge thing. Not so much anymore. It's almost to say California has the best weed. I remember telling uh, Tony Hinchcliffe that, and he was like, no! And I like <laughs> had to like text people and show it to him, and he was like, nah And I was like, yeah, man. Yeah, it's not the best weed. Well, that's when interstate commerce would be pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's when like weed becomes Napa, right? Like, yeah. It and, comes from Humboldt. Yeah. Like, that's not the same weed they're growing in Texas and yeah. that they're growing in Florida. It's just not. You can't do it the same. No, no. Especially when it comes to like the outdoor. Um, and uh, yeah, that Humboldt stuff, man. It's like I've had some. I had a uh, true Humboldt. Uh, good friends of mine. Uh, shout out to them. Love them to death. But I had some of their outdoor and i remember running into jp uh, my co-host who works at the dispenser he was like hey i got some outdoor for you want you to check this out and i was like oh i know them he goes yeah man he's like this is the first stuff that i've ever smoked that i was like this is outdoor he goes yeah man they just have it fucking down the way they do it too is great they have like all a bunch of small farmers that work for their brand and then they take the top uh of the like the top like Mm. best harvest and then i can't remember what they do with the rest and i think they they work out with the rest and stuff it goes into other things but they're like very fully they make sure everything's being used like they're it's a good company i love them to death yeah and that's uh i love that concept too of curating too it's like let people who do what they do do it the best yes and like there's no reason trying to change that and there's no way that the bigger people in the world are going to even be able to bring them on because they could just throw money at them, but yeah. no one's going to want to work for them. That's right? my favorite like, thing. Like, I would love to go into the, like, if you go into those financial meetings for the weed stuff, it's like uh, you walk in and you're like, all right, everybody roll a joint. If you can't roll a joint, you guys have to get out of here. Yeah, you guys got to get the fuck out. <laughs> I'm well, not going to take any of you guys. Like, because, and it's also like, that is the kind of the whole, that, yeah, if I was in a med med meeting and I walked in and there was like investors and stuff and people like that were like running the company, I'd be like, yeah, uh, I'm an investor. Roll me a fucking joint. You don't know how to roll a fucking joint. I don't want to be here. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, that's the thing. And that's why people like us are going to win in the industry as well, because people who understand, hey, I know what a good product is. I know it tastes good. And I know what it means to have a good brand and a story around it. And that's the people who are percolating up through all of this bullshit that happened over the last few months. You know, like we said, the $150 million company gone, doesn't exist anymore, selling their assets off on the market, you know, and then you got people like cookies who are bam, 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 bam. I'm in every state now. Dude, uh, Jungle Boys. I mean, I love TLC. I love um, I love it because it's like, yeah, they're one of those people that are vertically integrated. So it's like their products super fucking cheap. Like you go and you don't pay taxes because they're already taking it on in because they can. And it's like, that's fucking insane. Yeah, and then also like the the people that are getting to other states and bringing good product and good quality yeah. with them, and 
there's a, I, that's the other thing people are telling me about Michigan. People are telling me about Oklahoma, what's actually happening there on the ground. And I'm, and I was surprised. I'm like, Oh, they're not, it's not all boof. It's like, no, they're actually growing good stuff. I'm seeing photos. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like people are actually going there with expertise, which kind of is like a, it's like a flare out of the market. People in California maybe couldn't get their license or didn't have the actual money either. They've dispersed across the United States in hope of actually starting a real business and, as more states come online, it looks like Arizona is going to go wreck. Nice. Um, we got uh, a couple other states that are pushing for. I think South Dakota is pushing hard for uh, legalization for medical as well. I mean, at this point, it's going to be like it's. I mean, how long have we been living living with this just being federally illegal? Fucking years, and like especially with it being medically legal, like it's just going to get to a point where it's like everyone's just like, "What are we fucking doing?" And then yeah, it's just going to be legal across the board. Yeah, yeah, I hope so, man. It's uh, you know, there's I think still with people the way in jail COVID that has, every day. That's the other thing. I you think know? the way with, I think if we can release nonviolent criminals because of COVID, we could release people that had fucking weed and drug offenses. And I also think, uh, I think a lot of states are starting to realize the damage COVID and all that has done on the economy, and they're realizing that weed is the exact answer that can pick all that back up. Yeah, I hope so, man. Because you know, they're even in pretty much every state declared an essential. And even Massachusetts, they like said, "Oh, you can't have it for retail," but like the liquor stores are open. Yeah. Like, what is the difference? Yeah. It's safer, you know. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. And they ended up repealing it, and it's been fine now. And now everyone's, but that's how you flare up the black market. Yep. We're like, "Oh, you're like, you want some weed? I got you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Hey, they denied it. Uh, you got anything else coming up that you've been working on? Yeah, man. So we got the Green Enterprise Show, mm -hmm. which is launched. We got a lot of great people coming up as well. Uh, so far, we've had John Sally, Al Harrington, Hope Wiseman, Erica Pittman, who was one of um, uh, uh, Diddy's business managers. Yeah. And uh, uh, we've got some other really cool people coming up. we got Tucky Blunt uh, from nice. Blunts and More yeah. this Friday. Uh, and then uh, it's 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific every Friday across, across Black Enterprises, all of their uh, social channels. So, Dope. yep. And then uh, we also are hosting a conference called Cannabis and Culture. Mm -hmm. uh, we already got a couple of really cool sponsors. I can't let everyone out the bag yet. No, but, I get uh, you. Uh, we got some uh, uh, really cool people involved with that, and we're going to be talking about cannabis business and how people get into the industry and how people become successful entrepreneurs and more so people who are black, indigenous, people of color, and get them involved in the conversation because something like 4% right now of people employed in the industry are of color. Yeah. So it's like, come on, guys. Like, yeah. we, It's like we know where, who is operating within cannabis and the fact that these people aren't business owners and that they're not getting all the, the coverage that they need to be the best business owners because not everyone has the money. Access to capital is the hardest part. So it's inherent that people in the industry that can go and help make those connections and help educate people do that. And that's what we've been building a community of at Digital Venture Partners, which has been really cool as well. And that's, I don't want to say pivot because we were doing that leading up to Corona, but we saw an opportunity to help foster that conversation back in like early March. And it turned into partnership with Black Enterprise. Perfect. Working with Hall of Flowers right yep. now and helping them uh, have pro a priority over people that are, uh, trying to get into the business who are coming from people that are social equity backgrounds or uh, are trying to operate a brand and become a social equity business. So, yeah, it's been exciting, man. It's just been a lot of stuff going on. And I I'm not going to lie, like in a lot of ways, this has been good being able to stop and slow down and focus and see where people need the most help. And uh, it's been 
a crazy ride, even just being locked down inside all day long. Yeah. Three months. I feel you, man. It is uh, having doing this and then uh, having like some outlets has been great because not being able to do stand up fucking sucks. What Dude, are we smoking? It. Oh yeah, so that was uh, the also, loud let me pack. Close this door. Yeah. Oh, you're good. Yeah, it's that loud pack uh, London pound cake, and then uh, Lake Grade outdoor. I thought it was pretty damn good. I was lemon sour diesel. I, I, I gotta say, everything was was good. Got this from Cushigram. Who's uh? What what are some brands that like are your favorite right now? Ooh, um, big fan of Major Farms. Uh, they're out of Mendo and Humboldt, doing a lot of really cool things. Uh, my buddies out in Massachusetts, Hidden Hemp. Doing really good stuff out there, getting ready to launch. Um, who else is uh, is crushing it right now? Obviously Ryan from Focus, because I'm just a huge fan. Uh, Alien Labs too. There's got some really crazy stuff happening. I yeah, just I mean, feel so dumb with these locks. Oh, oh yeah. You took me like an hour to open that. <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm like, I always get to a point where. And I'm like, do I just chop this off? Yeah, you start getting upset at it yeah. and shit. And that's when I feel like the most like a fucking fiend yeah. is when I'm trying to open up the fucking weed bag and I can't. I'm like, Arr. and then you start getting frustrated. Well, and then I'm like, maybe I do have a problem. Can we just talk about the comedy thing? Because I miss watching people live. And it's like it's like been a big hole. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, like there's, I mean, a lot of people have been like, there's an argument to be made that uh, comedy is an, exen- an essential business. You know, like being like the the cathart the catharsis you feel uh, when you laugh um, is you know fucking it's, it's so healing. Yeah. So like if you're like a dude who's like I don't know I just think about the guy who like would go to the store every because there was people who go to the store every night just because they just needed a laugh. I think about those people and like you know how many people those guys are gonna kill when they fucking get upset. <laughs> Dude, I am one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, because like, imagine if you were going somewhere like you're. Imagine if your life sucked, and then like the one fucking thing you had was being able to go to the comedy store and just laugh and really just have a good time, and just feel better about yourself. And then you know you just go back to work and you're just kind of happy. Uh, I feel like I'm talking about myself, um, but yeah, no, <laughs> it, know you it, are. Just please don't kill me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it it just man, I I miss it so much too. You know. Well, well, what do you got going on, man? Because like I hear some states are opening up. Have you thought about? I ha- I went and did San Diego. Um, oh, no, you have that. Corona now. Uh, no, yeah. uh, I went and did San Diego, and the first show was great. Second show was tough because the people that you have are like either hardcore comedy fans who want to laugh, which are great, or like really conservative people who aren't really tripping about Corona that much, and uh, <laughs> those people don't like me, and I get it. Uh, so San Diego, no. Yeah, well, it's like a military town too, so it's like. It's mixed, uh, you know. It's either like Mexicans who fuck with me or like people who don't. But I mean, it wasn't bad. It was fun. It was good to be back on stage. But um, yeah, that's the thing is like, me and my wife sat and talked about it. Where it's like, I think I, I think the smart move for me is to stay and focus on the things I can, which is like the podcast, do the spots when they came up, come up, because a lot of like show small shows like comedy shows are gonna start popping up with a quarantine friendly. I know the store is gonna eventually open up. And I think being able to jet up and down the coast is going to be easier than like going to like a Tulsa or like a fucking Texas or wherever, like Arizona, where it's like, you know, because 
That's also the thing is like they're cutting the pay across the board. They're cutting the travel pay also across the board. It's uh, less capacity room, so it's less money. And yeah, it's just I just I also it's like imagine going up and bombing in front of a room full of people who are like there's a pandemic. I could die. I paid all this money to get a babysitter, and these jokes fucking suck. Uh, I'm gonna kill you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's like, what do what do I want to put myself through? Because all these big guys, they have enough money to like chill and stuff. So, and it's like my wife makes enough. I make enough doing you know whatever the fuck I'm doing <laughs> yeah. uh, to really like sit and focus. And it's like you know I could write, and I am. I'm writing stuff, and that's the thing is like. This is what I hated the most. I hated English homework. I hated writing essays. I hated fucking doing that. And it's like I have ideas and I know what I want to do. It's like, but it's sitting down and writing. It's just like, it's like now more than anything, it's like, yeah, you could just sit down and write. And it's like, well, but ah, yeah. yeah. And that's what it is. It's But it's like sitting down and writing a script. Like I've done it once already. Me and my friend wrote something. And it's like, yeah, it's easy. You could just sit and just write it. But it's just like, it's so just... The thing about writing is, this is what Jason Reitman told me. The great Jason Reitman, you know, whose father's Ivan Reitman, Porky's, fucking Ghostbusters, Juno, all those great movies. Um, the thing about writing, he said, is like, every time you sit down to write and you hate it, just know that anyone that's ever had to sit down and write has had that exact same feeling. So you do not, he was like, that feeling, he's like, that you that should give you comfort because it, you are more connected to anyone that's ever written anything any great author in that moment than anything else and i was like okay i think that goes with everything even like putting yourself out there on social media or like taking a video of yourself and i mean that like in a vain way of like oh yeah, i just want to like record myself but sometimes when you actually have something to say or like can provide value one way or another like making people laugh or giving them a good business tip or like showing someone to do something that you can do as well and you're able to like actually have the you know the the wherewithal to go okay i'm just gonna record myself and say it i know this feels weird and i know i'm gonna look weird and i'm gonna sound weird but i'm still gonna do it mm -hmm. and just being able to take that step i was uh, an english major oh in really college. yeah oh, so no like, way. that's yeah. the only thing i can do i can't do math i can't even do like simple oh, bro, dude, i fucking dude, sucked that was math. like the one <laughs> dude i was so bad at math Wait, so what did you do was bro it, my it, senior year in your, high uh, school my uh, senior year in high school i was in a freshman math class and a sophomore math class. So I was literally a senior hanging out with kids just fine. like I was just like I was like the biggest kid in class like oh I am like nothing makes you feel dumber <laughs> than seeing like younger kids who just got into high school just being like what are you doing here and I'm just like I'm an I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm I'm dumb. So actually what's funny I well I don't know how funny it is but I uh, used to be good at math. Yeah. I was like in all the advanced math classes, and then I got a really bad concussion uh -huh. and just couldn't do math. After oh, that. Jesus Christ! Yeah, pretty much. Like, and I, I somehow thought that even though like I, I had like a upper B my my sophomore year when it happened, and then after the head injury, I ended up with like a C minus because everything kind of averaged out at the end. But uh, the next year, I went into pre calc, and it was like I was like a month in, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I had like an F. And we we're talking about like negative I and I'm just yeah. like, and I'm like, I went to the, I went and was like, hang out and work, hang out with the teacher afterwards, try to figure it out. And just like, 
I can't do this anymore. I ended up becoming like a gym, uh, gym aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the last <laughs> time I took a math class. Yeah, bro. I, I just remember looking at the teacher like, listen, I, uh, this, I'm not even seeing numbers anymore. Is this, <laughs> is this me? And then there's like, no, this is chaos theory math. <laughs> I remember I went to, I was going to join the military for just a second. And then, uh, it was, I remember I was going to join and I went and did the tests and stuff. And uh, I qualified for the nuke program, which was like I tested really high. So like you're basically in a submarine doing like working with nuclear weapons and, and fucking nuclear powered shit. And uh, the, I was like, she was like, you test really high. So you're going to have to take like these math stuff. And I was like, oh, no, I can't. I can't do that. I'm bad at math. And she's like, it's fine. So you failed a few chaos theory math classes. And I'm like, no. I failed division. Like I'm, I'm a fucking idiot when it comes to math. And I just remember I was like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna be able to do this. And then I remember there was a guy who was like, yeah, he was so stoked. He was like, yeah, I got a fucking twenty five thousand dollars signing bonus or whatever the fuck. And then he was like, what's his job? And then like he like walked out and stuff. My friend was like, oh, he's the scout. I was like, what's that? He's like, he's the first guy to go. <laughs> like, he's the one that's super ahead of us. And yeah, he's the first guy. And I was like, oh, it's like, that's why they give him so much money. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Then I remember I was like, yeah, I can't. I ended up not joining the military uh, because my mom had my little sister and she ended up having my brother. So she was like, I'd much rather have you stay and help out around the house. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, all right. And then I remember I told everyone I wasn't going go to the military. And my father and everyone on my dad's side of the family was so fucking relieved. Uh-huh. Like, all the Mexican side was like, thank fucking God you're not going to go. Because, like, my grandfather went to the military. A lot of other, I had other people go to the military. But it was like uh, my Italian side of the family, like, not blood related, but like my the married inside, they were like so disappointed in me. <laughs> And like my dad like looked at my uh step my grandfather and was just like fuck you. He was just like fuck you. He's like it's my son. Yeah. He's like this he was like you're not going to have to deal with him never being around again. He was like I'm going to have to deal with that. You know what I mean? He's like you've known him for not that many years. So it was like I I didn't realize how big of a thing it was in my family. No man, I'm I'm actually been really lucky to work with a bunch of vets and oh, yeah. uh it's coolest dudes who've seen the craziest yeah, shit, yeah. man. My like, uh my aunt's or my cousin's husband's a master gunny, uh, gunny sergeant. And I think the, I'm going to fuck this up. I think he's in the army. Uh, and no, no, he's the Marines. He's the Marines. Uh, and, um, yeah, that dude's one of the dopest dudes I've ever met. I fucking love this guy. He's also Mexican and he's uh, like super high up, which is pretty unheard of for the spot that he's at, which I thought was fucking dope. But I remember he's my favorite. Cause I remember we were all chilling and we were like talking and he was like, yeah, you know, he does the shouting and he trains people and stuff. And uh, we were all like, oh, you could do the like voice. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, uh, you know, I try not to do it too much because if you do it too much, you kind of get stuck that way. He's like, that's why you see those generals who were like, they have that voice because they're so used to like having to like yell and shout. So you think it like affects their vocal cords. So they're stuck that way. But I remember we were sitting there and he was like, and like my cousin was like, do the voice, do the voice. And he was like, no, nah, I don't want to like do the voice. I don't want to like scare everyone. And he was like, no, no, do the voice. So then like he did it. And my cousin was like, it was like. He was like, she was like, I don't know what happened. It was like we were talking to him and then we all like blacked out and then we just all like had to like run. It was crazy because he like it was like we saw his mouth open, but we just didn't hear the sound. And we just all like it. We just it was the scariest thing I've ever heard. And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. And I was like, yeah. 
scaring generations oh of yeah finely trained men and women absolutely <laughs> i was like yeah man that dude's got a fucking voice but he was in fucking afghanistan he has the craziest stories yeah man my buddy a uh, really good friend of mine out in hawaii um did a couple tours and just saw the craziest shit and get so much relief from cannabis among yeah. other things too i mean the, the whole plant medicine community and they're finding out every day that there's literally compounds that probably have been used for humans throughout time to help combat PTSD and yep. the regular trappings of just being a human. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and whatever is amplified that we deal with today, too, and, and other plant medicine, too. Like, we see, yeah. like, psychedelics happening. Yep. I mean, and with Oakland and mushrooms and the way they've uh, approached everything, yeah. Colorado, um, Chicago, Portland, like, other places are coming, too. It's just going to be... It's a, it's a it's a crazy time. It's gonna be so a fun time. Ways, it's gonna know? be a fun time. <laughs> as as the world might be ending and like coming apart. But we're but gonna see a lot of shit as yeah. it goes down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're gonna see some yeah, colors. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 crazy to see how everything, especially with like the psychedelics and the weed, and how things uh, starting to grow. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had I've this is the older I get, the more I have older family members hit me up about weed, mushrooms, psychedelics. I had an aunt hit me up about microdosing, and I was like, well, 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 <laughs> look what we have here. How the tables have turned. <laughs> Dude, it's like, I'm, I'm telling you, I was at, a, it was about, uh, almost two years ago now, and I was at this, I crashed this Punjabi wedding, and I'm sitting there talking with this guy out on the porch smoking a joint, and his uh, this his dad comes out. His dad's like seventy five. Is wearing a turban. And he comes and he goes. And he, I thought he like looked scared for a second. His dad is like, "You got that thing?" And he was like, and he hands him the vape pen. He sits there and hits it really hard. Yeah, because and they- he goes and he goes. My dad used to hate me. And he's like, because I had dreadlocks and because I smoked this shit. And then he started using the CBD. And next thing you know, he's dabbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. <laughs> you know, it's like I uh, I remember <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember being uh, uh, going out with my dad and like having my pans and stuff and like smoking weed. And my dad was so like he would smoke weed a little bit. But he I mean, he's a big partier and a drinker and stuff. Um, but I just remember like he got like fucking we were out in France, Frisco, uh, San Francisco. Uh, I love saying it Frisco because it's how like people that never go there say it. And it's like my fucking favorite. Um, but uh, so we go there and he's sh- and he gets pretty toasty and we're all smoking weed and he's just like give me that shit and he's just taking huge puffs and he's like fucking you think i haven't smoked weed before and he was taking like huge rips and like hitting my pen and stuff and then i just remember like like three hours later my dad's just sitting there like i'm fucked up and i was like man i i'm so happy that uh i got to see this happen that's that's what you get dad yeah i was like yeah my dad's high yeah it's funny to see man yeah it's a good feeling, but they've, you know, they growing up, they saw a whole different world. They saw where it was like, yo, this is going to end your life. This weed makes Mexicans fuck white women and black dudes fuck women. Like that was like, that was the reefer war on madness. drugs and the reefer man. Like that is so crazy to think that that's, that was a time period. Yeah. And it's crazy that actually when you're going into communities that have been disproportionately affected by the war on drugs, you're actually having to convince a lot of the people who are the most affected by it, that this is actually a good thing to happen. That creates jobs, creates business, that it helps create economy. I was just saying about how, um, I was just talking to my friend about how bongs and pipes and especially dab rigs and concentrates, um, a lot of uh, the people that have been affected 
by the war on drugs. Like, you know, when I bring out uh, a dab rig or like a torch or something like that, people are like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? They're like, nah. Or like, yeah. Especially, I had a friend who was so adamant against it. He didn't like smoking out of bongs and stuff because of what crack did and glass pipes did to like the like his family. Like he, it like ruined. And well, I was dab like, yeah. Torching, dab torching does look pretty Absolutely. Crack, it is literally, you, yeah, yeah. You're, one, yeah, you're <laughs> one element away from fucking like if you do crack a lot and yeah. someone brings out uh, a, a torch and like a dab rig and then you find out it's not crack you're like oh yeah you're disappointed you know so on your merry way uh, yeah absolutely yeah. you're like yeah we're gonna ah yeah so it yeah but so a hundred percent like it is it's so you almost have to convince certain people especially people that have been affected by it that it's like no no these are like and also it's like imagine like going to jail for weed for so long and then like you come out and then they're like what's this it's like oh this is a device that we made to smoke the thing that put you in jail you want to try it it works with their smartphone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can set the temperature yeah you can you can look at uh you can link it to your apple account now isn't that crazy oh my God. how long did you do 20 years oh okay yeah, yeah and it's fucked still, up. and that's like you got people like last prisoner project that are really trying to pick up the slack on all these people that are like why are you still in jail in a place where we sell weed recreationally? Yeah. That's the craziest thing, man. And that was the, that's the thing is like, I'm sure there's, uh, there's certain cases. It's definitely is case by case basis. And there's definitely people that have been like affected where it's like, they have a bunch of drug charges, but even then it's like, listen, if they had like a bunch of weed drug charges and they got something serious, it's like, you can't, you almost can't even blame them because the first charge that got them in the position to like, Cause you go to prison, that just that's just school to be a better criminal, you know. So it's like you now it's like you bust him on a drug charge, and now he goes to fucking prison. Now he learns the coke game, the heroin game, all that jazz, and then he gets out. And now it's even more. Now his whole life has been affected by just getting caught smoking a joint. And now there's fucking yoga moms smoking joints in their cars before they go do fucking yoga. Yeah, man, and and like and you got it's like a whole economy that happens within prisons too you know so people are just stuck in this cycle of like okay what do i have to do to make money and uh and it's like okay there's slave labor essentially happening within prisons so yeah a hundred percent nothing i make a dollar if i work eight hours yeah, you know fucking that. doing something all the biggest brands in the world too let me just say oh yeah absolutely what the fuck all and criminal like, oh yeah my God. that is modern day slavery but there's also like people who see that and be like, no, they're criminals. And it's like, but you also got to remember, it's like just because you do a crime doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. Like that's what everyone forgets. Everyone forgets. Like just because you do a bad thing doesn't always make you a bad person. The conversation that's happening around the world right now is like it's fucking time, man. Like yeah, it, it, it is, is like uh, it's like it's it's and if you look at places like Portugal too, that did a whole reval of okay, why don't we invest in socio in in, in uh, societal programs that can go and help people who are addicts instead of treat, treating it like a crime, let's treat it like a disease. Mental health, let's help get people with mental health. Everyone who's getting arrested and killed and taken into custody, it's all right. Majority, almost ninety nine percent of it right now is a result of people who are, have mental illness who are addicts who are in not in a great place for one reason or another and there no one's no one's dealing with that they want to close mental health programs they want to yeah. close uh, schools they want to close grocery stores but they don't want to invest into the people they just want to put them in prison yeah and that's the way yeah. they prefer it yeah it's much easier to it's much easier to push the problem to the side than it is to actually do the work and address it. 
and it's 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 so funny because it's like you know I, coming from the bay area i think you see all of that and you learn all of these things because you are in a huge community of different people and a uh, culture melting pot and i that point of view i feel like is is so accepted there and it's kind of preached very much you know it's like the people i meet from the bay area are just like i don't know they're just pretty like i feel like they're very like well-rounded when it comes to just their thoughts on the world you know um but then you move to like you know i'm in tobacco i moved to Temecula, and those people are so close-minded just unaware it's like i look at all the stuff they post on facebook and i'm like yo so it's like to see people in the bay area have these thoughtful important conversation these posts you know like ryan talking about you know marijuana and the black community and all this jazz and like giving back you with your equity programs and all these things and then to see people from like tomacco that are just like i don't understand and then it's like well fucking yeah because you live in a dope house and you golf on the weekends yeah, and, and you don't want to understand yeah either, you know, that's like oh thing. my god you don't want to understand yeah that's all it is. And yeah, I got I got a lot of family like that. That's the craziest thing. And like they're the conversations can break down so damn fast. But you know what I find that kind of helps those conversations? Even Marijuana? People, <laughs> like, like, like we might not be able to understand anything the other person is saying right now, but we're on a good vibe. You know, and like we can understand that people are. What if that was the answer is that it's like we just got to get <laughs> we just got to get everybody stoned in the same room. Like, let's put it this way. The people who have light skin and blonde hair and everyone who's of darker complexions and people that are look different than everyone else, those all everyone, they all probably use cannabis ancestrally at some point or yeah. mushrooms yeah. or ayahuasca yeah. or, you know, like these are all things that exist around people for millions and millions of years and uh, or not millions of years because humans haven't been around that long, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Aliens. Yeah, they say that um, the that's what they were saying. The burning bush was either a marijuana plant or wormwood, yeah. uh, and that's what caused like the hallucinations. It's like, oh yeah, that I super believe. Yeah. Oh yeah, cannabis was by was a, a very heavily used uh, compound throughout uh, uh history but they you know they have it going back twelve thousand years finding it in, in the road off roads of china where there were huts built and like in these fires it was just basically hot boxing huge pits fuck yeah man yeah, just throwing it on there Woo, let's go that's the fuck yeah that's just oh that's I how we should that. be doing it these days that's that's the new business right there i fucking can't wait the bro fire pits oh yeah. my god a hot box you could toss in a fire pit oh ooh. And it doesn't have to be like phenomenal weed, you know. It's, you know it's gonna smell good no matter what. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, you know what's so fucking funny that you say that? There's been times where like I've cleaned out a bowl and there's still been a little bit of weed at the end, and I'll literally just put it on top of a thing and I'll just light it on fire because I fucking just love the smell of burning yeah. weed. I know so many people that don't like to smoke, but like I like the smell. I like the smell. Yeah, I don't like the resin and all that jazz and stuff, but I like the smell of like fresh burning weed. Yeah. There's something nice about until that. it was the age of eight, and I found out what that my mom used cannabis. Yeah. And uh, until I age, it was always incense. I'm like, what kind of incense is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Dude, me, my, me, I was just talking about this with someone else. It was like, it's so funny. It's like once you start smoking weed, you're like, holy shit! You start to realize how many other family members smoked weed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up. Uh, just go and anything you want to plug before we go. Yeah, man, uh, we got Digital Ventures uh, show we're hosting with Black Enterprise called Green Enterprise. You can watch on all Black Enterprise magazine social channels. And then you can also follow us at Digital Venture 
TV on Instagram uh, for any updates and some of the cool things we're doing with the community out there. Perfect, dude. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, Frank, thanks for having me. My pleasure.